Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Wow, this is round two. Oh boy. I, I'm just honored to be here. As if I'm not here, but I am here. <laughs> You know, I felt like in worship, too, when we were worshiping, just imagine us sitting in heavenly places right now. See, we imagine, but honestly, that is our rightful position. So we just really have to get that through our heads. Like, we should never take ourselves away from being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes I'm on the earth, but God God is saying, I want you up here with me. So that's just a side note. <laughs> so when we so when we sit up, you know, up there with him, we get to know him a lot better. There's no distance. See, this world clouds the distance. We feel the distance when we're in the world. But if we're seated with him in heavenly places, we're in the right position. Because heaven reigns over earth. And sometimes we're just pulling and God's saying, just stay up here with me. And then give out from this place. Okay? So, the message of the day is Jesus You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we are in him. I want to read John 14, 1 through 6. And I don't know, are they showing the Amplified version? Oh, good. Okay. Because I shared with first service that I love the Amplified version. I feel like it speaks louder for all those who are having hard of hearing. Maybe you need the Amplified version. Okay, I love you, honey. (laughs) It says, John 14, 1 through 6. Do not let your heart be troubled. Oh, no good. Okay. Afraid or, or cowardly, but believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith. Hold on to it. Rely on it and keep going and believe also in me. For in my father's house are many dwelling places. And if it were not so, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and I will take you to myself. So that where I am, you may also be. And to the and to the place where I am going, you know the way. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the only way. To God and the real truth, and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
Father, we just thank you today that your word is alive. We thank you, Father, for giving us your son, Jesus, for showing us the way, the real truth, and the real life. I ask that every word that I share, that it will be blessed and that every heart that receives it will receive a hundredfold of your faithfulness in your word, in Jesus' name. So I'm going to share a little bit about my journey. And um, with Jesus being the way, I was all about my way. And this is going back a good 32 years ago and before then, but I lived for me. I lived for whatever gratified my life at that time. And the thought of having God in my life was distant. It was BC days, even though I was raised in a Catholic home, I went to Catholic school, but I wasn't living for God. And so my dad would share with my husband and I, you guys are blessed and you need to go back to church and thank God for his blessings. And during that time, as my husband and I were married, we said, okay, we need to take dad at his word. You know, as I'm saying this, I can hear Holy Spirit speaking to me. So I'm trying to like process my notes and Holy Spirit at the same time, you know, and how, how do I say this? But I, I just, just think about your heavenly dad speaking to you right now, okay? Like that's what I hear Holy Spirit saying to me, tell them. Your heavenly dad, because he loves you. He really loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves us. It's through his son, Jesus, that we get to experience this new way of living. So um, as I was reading these words that I just shared with you and, and knowing about like living my own life and my own way of doing things, I got convicted and the Lord began to show me how I was using his name in vain. And I used it a lot. And he also said to me, why do you think that people use my name in vain so much? And he said, because I am the only way. We would never hear of any other God's name being used in vain except the name of Jesus. And so the enemy wants to destroy 
the name of Jesus and the holiness and the personhood in our lives to make us think that he's less than. And when we hear the name of Jesus being used in vain, you know, it's in the power of the tongue and we hear it all around us. As disciples of Jesus, as believers of Jesus, believe for that to be silenced and believe for his name to be glorified. I, I just want to encourage you, and I, I, I just feel the unction, again, of the Holy Spirit, so it's going to sound different than the first service, but that's what I'm feeling right now through Christ. So, And Jesus, when he taught about prayer, he said, Hallowed be thy name. And as being a Catholic, that was one of the first prayers I learned was the Our Father. Hallowed be thy name. And it was Jesus restoring his name. It was, it was being mindful that when we do pray that his name is being glorified. His name is being reverenced. His name is holy. His name has power. You know, when we, when we end in prayer, we say, in Jesus' name. Because his name has power. And Satan doesn't like the name of Jesus. And if you don't know what to say when you feel taunted, you just keep saying, Jesus. 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 So my dad saying to us, I'm going back, um, the church that was close to where we lived was called the Good Shepherd Church. And I'm sharing with you scriptures from John because that was the first gospel that was introduced to me as someone who didn't know Christ uh, personally. I knew about him, but I didn't know him personally. There is a very big difference. I'm sorry, you know, for all of you who may believe otherwise. We think we know people, especially in the day and age that we live in with social media. But Jesus himself said, verily, verily, I say to you, one day when we stand before the great throne, I do not know you. He says those words. when we. So everyone thinks sometimes, well, if I know about Jesus... I'm going to get into heaven. No, you need to know Jesus. Just knowing about someone doesn't get you in. I'm sorry. It, that happens in the world too. Okay? So I, I really want to provoke you to choose the way. Because not all roads lead to our heavenly father. Jesus is the only way to our heavenly father. So the scripture says in John 10, 7 through 18. So Jesus said again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I am the door for the sheep leading to life. All who came before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders are thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever and will go in and out freely and find pasture, spiritual security. 
The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. What a promise that is from our heavenly father, the good shepherd through his son, Jesus. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. But the hired man who merely serves for wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock and runs away, and the wolf snatch and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. See how fast, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, rob, and destroy. We have to be mindful. There's like this spiritual war going on on the earth. There's Satan and there's Jesus, you know, and, and who's going to be controlling our lives? And we move on and it says, I am the good shepherd and I know without any doubt those who are my own and my own know me and have a deep personal relationship with me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my very own life, sacrificing it for the benefit of the sheep. I have other sheep besides these that are not of this fold. Jesus is speaking to the Jewish people at that time. He's also prophesying about the Gentiles coming in that are going to believe in him as the Messiah, as the living God. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my own life so that I may take it back and no one takes it away from me. See, Others may think, you know, Satan might have thought like, oh, I got, I got God. You know, I got Jesus good. You know, I crucified him on the cross, but he rose again. He didn't. He didn't have the last say. Jesus will always have the last say. I am authorized and have power to lay it down and to give it up, and I am authorized and have power to take it back. This command I have received from my father. So again, Jesus is making it very clear to his disciples that there is no other way. But the only way to the heavenly father is through Jesus. So the Lord, you know, being growing up in a Catholic church, we would always see the crucifix and Jesus hanging on it. And that's how, you know, that they share their faith in, in that house of worship. And it, I was never really mindful about it until I started reading the word. And I also encountered God in the communion. It was in the communion that God became real in my life. It was at that moment that Tears were falling down my eyes, and I, I couldn't understand why. And I knew something was happening in my heart. And by me sharing that with my beloved dear friend, Marianne, that was working at the same workplace as I, she introduced me to the word of God. I, I didn't have a Bible. I, I, I didn't own one. And she said, would you mind reading the Gospels? Would you want to read the word? And when I even started to read the gospel of John that she instructed me to read, and, and I say this to you because you can do the same. 
you know, and I, I'm releasing it as, as even prophecy, you know, the testimony, as a testimony. Uh, you know, the testimony is the atmosphere of prophecy, and it can happen again in someone else's life. And I remember reading the words in the book of John that said Jesus was the word, and the word was God, and the word is God. So as I was reading the Gospel of John, I had such reverence for it. I, I, I honestly felt it was very holy. I, I had an understanding that the word of God was holy. And it was beginning to mess with my mind and my own belief systems because I was highly influenced by the spirit of the age. I was influenced by world, the worldliness. I was influenced by what the world was saying was what you needed to believe. So if it said black, you believe black. If it said white, you believe white. No matter which way it was going, I was just believing in it. And I, I had no grid except what the, the way the world would lead me. And I began to get um, convicted with the truth of God's word. And the truth began to like just penetrate deep within me and say, I felt it in my heart, but my mind was saying otherwise. And, and I would have these dialogues with God and I would say, God, please, you know, help me understand this because I, I believed in, in things that were like the horoscopes. I believed in that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is, you, you tell us not to go after these things. And, and so to, to lay it down and so the Lord was beginning to show me that how the enemy would counterfeit good and perfect gifts that God would have for us. So all that fortune telling or any of the occult activity was trying to counterfeit what the Holy Spirit can do. It's a counterfeit. It's not real. It leads to death. It doesn't give you life. The Holy Spirit gives you life. The Holy Spirit has a way of penetrating into our very being and revealing truth. And he does it very gently, but also he could do it pretty firm. Like he could be really hard the way he was with Paul. He kind of knocked him off his horse. So I, I kind of felt in some ways I was getting knocked off a horse at certain times because my nature was rather strong and 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 God was kind of knocking me a little bit he was like ah, nope not that you know that's not the way I am you know and he was going in there a little bit and and other times he would just whisper to me and I would feel his love so I I want to read to you the um the disciples in the world John 17 verses 13 through 21 but now I am coming to you and I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I mean, this is such beautiful news. Like, this is good news for the, you know, I'm, I'm saying this to them while they're still in the world. 
The world is a hard place to live in. The world, there's no certainty. We just don't know what's going to happen. But God wants to allow us to experience a joy that's full, a joy that's complete. And, and he wants to fill our lives with his delight. These are his promises. And I have given them I have given to them your word. It's in his word that he's being able to give us this delight as we meditate on it, as we fill ourselves with it. And, and he also begins to even say how the world has hated them because they hated him. And, and how they don't belong to the world, just like he didn't belong to the world. He was visiting and he was manifesting his kingdom of the Father. He was manifesting what it's like to live in union with the Father, the fullness of life. He came to heal, save, and deliver. He was setting captives free. When he was walking the earth, he was demonstrating heaven on earth. He was giving us these tangible experiences. People, he was reading people's lives. He was, he was moving, like he was moving, always in compassion. And he wasn't, and he spent time with the Father. He, he, he had a retreat, and he had to get filled up so that he could pour out. And sometimes we're pouring out, but we're not filling up. And we're on fumes. And God's saying, just come away with me. Let me remind you of who I am. Let me, let me remind you of who you are. That you're doing this together. And then he goes on to say, this one I really like now. This is in red. And I shared this, that whenever I would read those words in red, I had an NIV pocket Bible, really tiny writing. Thank God for amplification now. <laughs> but, but those words in red, I was, I was really like listening more intently. And it says, sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes. Make them holy. Your word is truth. And just as you commissioned and sent me into the world, I also have commissioned and sent them believers into the world. For their sake, I sanctify myself to do your will so that they also may be sanctified, set apart, dedicated, made holy in your truth. My truth doesn't exist with God. Now, he knows what you've been through, okay? He's a loving God. He knows your experiences in life. But his truth over your life will supersede your belief system. It will set you free because some of us, including myself, are living in bondage and we don't even know it. We are like a caterpillar in a cocoon and we haven't 
morphed into a butterfly yet. We're stuck. Because of some belief systems that are not truthful. They're not. And God, I had to make a decision. He's like, Jewel, it's my truth. His truth. Not my truth, but his truth. That's supreme. The truth. And Jesus is the manifestation of the truth. Not that we don't see it. We get to know it through Christ. It's not a mystery. Just hang out in the letters, in the words that are all spoken and read. Just hang out there. Like, don't rush it. Let those words that were penned in red know that his blood was shed for you so that those words can transform us from the inside out. Now, again, the thief wants to destroy that good news in us. And when it came, when I was reading John 10.10, and it says that you may have life and have it in abundance, Jesus being the life began to convict me after 12 years of salvation, mind you. And I, and I, I want to say this. I didn't share this in the first service because of time. How am I doing? All right. I'm going to get, okay, I'm okay. Okay. Just give me the big sign. Um, so when 12 years into salvation now, I'm, I'm reading the word, but when it comes to life, I, I honestly felt it's my life and I'll, again, BC, I'll live it whichever way I choose, but honoring life, my mind was a bit seared from the worldly system. And I felt my life, my body. And therefore, I even believed that the reality of my life being formed and fashioned by God in my mother's womb wasn't even something I was meditating on as much. I, I didn't realize how much he intricately made me, how, how much he wired me, how, how he put every, he put my skin on. He, he just made me in my mother's womb. I, I didn't reflect on that as much. And I was invited to go to the call in 2000. And at the call, we began to repent for the shedding of innocent blood. And I began to un, like reflect about abortion. And I, I never, for 12 years, mind you, now I'm saved. I'm, I'm not even thinking about abortion. I'm, but yet I had a belief system in me that believed it's my body. I do what I want. And so I, I partnered with this. I, I kind of supported it. Felt it was everyone's right to choose. And... 
the Spirit of God came. And, and that's why I don't negate what Holy Spirit can do. It's so personal, guys. You know, sometimes you, you can't force truth down someone. Sometimes you're better off just praying and trusting Holy Spirit to reveal truth to people, okay? And sometimes the convictions that we may have is our own personal conviction that God's doing, okay, through the transformed life. But sometimes people aren't ready to hear the truth. Jesus, Jesus knew things, and Jesus knows everything. He knows. You don't have to remind him. He knows. He, he, he just knows all that they're, oh, and we are going through. He knows. But if you go to him with sincerity of heart in prayer, and you stand in the gap for a loved one, you trust Holy Spirit to do the work, to put people maybe in their path. Jesus himself wasn't accepted in his own hometown. Sometimes you're not accepted in your family. It's a hard pain. It's a hard, but Jesus understands that. He said, well, welcome to the family. <laughs> it happens. They'll misunderstand you. But I promise you this, if you pray in the secret place and you believe for lives to be transformed, they will be. They will be. God will step in. So at the call, the spirit of God was there and I got convicted about abortion and about me partnering with it, about me supporting it when I was young and, and things like that. And, and I felt Holy Spirit say, you need to repent of those ways. And I knelt down and it was a sovereign time before the Lord, a holy time. And when I tell you, I had a gut-wrenching cry before the Lord. I didn't know where it came from, but it was, it was coming out. And I knew from that moment on that I would honor life. I knew there was a, a change of heart inside of me and how precious life is and that God doesn't make a mistake when he creates you in your mother's womb. He formed us and fashioned us. He doesn't have confusion regarding your gender. He knows how he made you. He loves you. He's a good God. And he wants to heal us of partnering with the spirit of the age that may say otherwise. Because when we live this life of faith, we're not living it separate, but we're living it, it, it in Christ. We died to ourselves, and we are now raised 
in Christ. We live and move and have our being in Christ. There's this perfect union that we have with the Father through Jesus. And in this personal relationship, Jesus makes the wrong thinking, the wrong ways, the, the wrong attitudes. He, he takes them and he's like, if you would surrender it to me, I'm going to show you another way. I'm going to replace it with the truth instead of my truth. I'm going to, I'm going to give you life eternal. And lastly, Jesus was showing my life, showing me. And I, I want to say this too, regarding unplanned pregnancies. I felt the Lord also show me that when he came into this world, it was unplanned through his Holy Spirit. Mary didn't think she was going to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But she did say, nevertheless, thy will be done. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angel said also, do not be afraid. And I want to say that today to anyone who is in an unplanned pregnancy situation. Do not be afraid. Jesus will help you through it. Je honor the life within you. I can't force you to make any decision. I can't. But I promise you, if you're in that ever in that situation, I feel like I'm saying this right now because maybe there's someone watching. I don't know. But if, if you are in that situation, I promise that if you choose life, God will bless you. It may not be easy, but I promise he will bless you because you're blessing him by honoring that which he's in you. Okay? Jesus also said, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five 25 through 26. And whoever believes in me, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior, will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die. Do you believe this? I didn't know that after my salvation that I was going to incur a lot of crisis in my life. I've had a lot of, I have a lot of stories of being next to people at bedside, whether it was cancer, whether it was um, premature death, whether it was a home going on fire and caring for a loved one. I've also seen people healed of cancer, two types, my cousin especially. And he's a grandpa today, second time. I've seen 
My girlfriend's daughter healed of a blood disease at 15 through prayer and fasting. We saw her be healed. But I've also experienced the trauma of watching my dad suffering with mental illness and, and going to hospital and dealing with that separation and seeing him suffering and, and, and knowing what a, a man of faith he was, but yet he would, he would suffer at times with mental illness and he had to be hospitalized. And it was very painful for me. And he would be cursing me out in the hospital and telling me to get away. And it was like, this is not my daddy. This is not who my daddy is. But through it all, the giver of life was holding my hand. My father in heaven was holding my hand. A lot of times I was alone. I was walking the halls by myself. I was dealing with the trauma. I was dealing with people dying. I was dealing with being a deliverer of bad news to people and watching them scream and hurt and be in pain and screaming, why me, why me? I don't deserve this. And it was painful. And through these years, the Lord brought me into the sufferings of Christ. And, there, and it's painful. But he's also given me joy in the midst of it. He's giving me, he's given me joy. And I impart this to you, that we're going to go through hard times. We are. But God wants to hold your hand through it. You're not meant to live life on your own. You're not meant to live it isolated and alone. He's the head and we're the body. He's the head, and we're the body. He's going to give you the mind of Christ. His mind is always peaceful. He might get angry. He turned a couple of tables upside down. We saw that. But he was secure in who he was. And he wants us to live in this realm of peace. He wants us to live in this realm of joy. He wants us to live in this realm of righteousness so that we can be the light in the world. And we're not called to be double-minded. Because now we no longer are operating from our own mindset, but we're operating from Christ's mindset. We put on Christ. We're Christians. So I want to um, invite the worship team to come up, but I also want to do communion. Because it's at the communion table Right? They have communion? Yeah, they have it. It was at the communion table that I encountered the presence of the living God. But I encourage each one of us, including myself, if you want to believe for a breakthrough for your life, take communion. Take it. See his body broken for you. 
see, it's, it's amazing how he, the body of Christ is broken so that we would be made whole. He takes on the brokenness of the world so Jesus can make it whole. He loves to make people whole. And I know that I know that when we remember his blood shed for us, he takes our past, our present, and our future, the sinful nature that would creep up and he can take that and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more we will sing songs of where are your accusers now because he's given you his new nature it's no longer you know people say well you're Juliana but I'm I, I really want them to see Christ in me it's, I, I, it's not about me. It's about him being glorified through me. And if you just want people to see you, you need to commune with God a little more. You, you really do. You, you re if, if it's all about you, you really, you don't understand the fullness of what Jesus has done. We could just play, Hannah, I trust you. And 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 you too. I'm I'm blank on please give me Patty. You you could play too, whatever. Play, just play. You know, I want you to look at the cross as, as you're meditating right now. Just close your eyes. And I want you to see Jesus hanging there for you. And his blood dripping down. Every drop of it. All the pain. And he's saying these words to you. I love you. I'm being obedient to my father for you. I'm laying down my life, my whole life. Every ounce of blood within me is being dripped for your redemption, for your healing. I want to restore you. I want to love you like no one else can love you. I want to be one with you. You know, when someone is in need of blood, when they receive their blood type, and they're able to be transfused with blood. They're, they're given a second chance of life that they, they need that blood. And Jesus is saying, 
I want to transfuse your bodies with my blood. I want to heal every part, every, everything in you. Yes, this is an act of faith. But faith is the substance of things hoped for but yet unseen. We need faith. And we need to believe. That is, as we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord over our lives, he will transform us into his image and likeness. Jesus is not confused about who he is. He's the son of God. And we are his offspring. Confusion is not the children's bread. Jesus, we thank you that you're restoring our minds, you're restoring our bodies, you're healing us. You're healing our hearts of previous pain, of even future pain. Some of us are, are looking into the future too much that we're giving pain unto ourselves right now. And, and Jesus is saying, I want to I heal you of that pain. Just stay in the moment. Just live for today. And he wants us to follow him. He wants to be the way. He's saying, learn from me because I'm the truth. And love me because I'm the life. And just like he was on that cross and his body was broken, let's take his body right now. And this is an act of remembrance. This is a holy act. We're remembering his broken body for us and how he desires it to be made whole. He desires our bodies to be made whole. This is life-giving for us. So God, we take your body that's been broken and we eat of it. He says, eat of it. Do this often. As, as much as you come together, do this often because some of you are sick amongst me. You might be sick in body, you might be sick in mind, you might be sick in heart, but the Holy Spirit wants to make you whole today. So receive his healing, take it right now. And, and for maybe for those of you who are home, you could take some bread or a cracker, some juice or even some wine. Jesus is saying, besides my body, I want you to drink my blood, my cup. People were offended at this. And his blood, as we drink this juice, which is a representation of his blood, we're believing for that transfusion of life, that everlasting life living in us. 
that the sting of death won't be there because we have an eternal pro uh, promise that our body will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be with him in glory. But in the meantime, we can continually ask for God to heal our bodies. Whatever place is broken, to forgive us of our sins. And as an encouragement, you don't have to pray, play, replay. He deletes. He deletes your sin. He wipes it out. He cleans up the hard drive, really. Some of us, sometimes we're repeating too much of the past. You just have to think of your new nature in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and all things are becoming new. Believe in that miracle transformation. Believe in it. So Jesus, we thank you for the shedding of your blood. We receive this blood that heals us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, drink. So Father, I just thank you for this gift of communion. That it's just not here today that we can take the time daily and sit with you at your table and receive counsel and wisdom, receive understanding, receive revelation. God, we thank you that your spirit is alive within us. Your Holy Spirit will comfort us and your Holy Spirit will counsel us. And we will continue to encourage one another unto good works until you return in Jesus' name. Can everyone stand? We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.